Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And we are the Lazy, Lazy Book Lovers. Lovers. Oh, that was oh, me. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> My brain stopped working. Mm. Um, <laughs> let's set the tone for the episode. This you know is help your brain. <laughs> This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never ending to be read piles. Talking about my brain not working, quick shout out to our sponsors, uh, Magic Mind. It's the world's first productivity shot, which I clearly need because it helps you focus. And as we've just seen by that intro, I lost focus midway through the intro we've been doing for an entire year. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we're in desperate need of (laughs) their help. So, more on them later. Yes. Okay. So, today's episode is a reading update. So, this is kind of pretty much the end of 2023 books we haven't talked about yet. Um, so, episode 99 was our last reading update. But for us, we actually recorded that in November. So, you've got a couple of months to catch up on, basically. Yeah. And then if you go to episode 100, you'll hear roughly all of the books yeah. we read. Um, in 2023 so because this is quite a big update we're just talking about standouts now we're not doing every single thing if you want to see what we have read you can find our story graphs and we've also got a facebook group you can join yeah which is called lazy book, book lovers, lovers podcast why were you looking at me you're the one that set like, it up huh? <laughs> no, you, you set, set it up didn't you i set up the facebook page ah um, you set up the actual group link group. in our bio <laughs> But yeah, we're going to start um, doing more in-depth, like, sharing over there. So mm. on here, on our reading reading updates, we're just going to talk about some standouts. So if mm. you want to see more, come join our Facebook group. We yeah. want to build a community there with you, so We want please. to talk about books with you. We want some book friends. Yeah, beyond just us two. <laughs> yeah, because I keep trying to make my friends like books, and I have not been successful. <laughs> How dare people be too busy? I keep giving them books to read, and they're like, I don't want this. Yeah. And then they Why don't read it, and I'm thing? like, Why aren't you reading the book again? Yeah, I, because I told you I didn't want to read it when you gave it to <laughs> me. I'm like, but I'm upset now you didn't read the book <laughs> that I gave you against your will. Whoa, gaslighted. Right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go first uh yeah okay so i am on my manga hype apparently yep so last book i read of 2023 was volume one of spy family okay this is so funny like okay. i was genuinely sitting in bed laughing <laughs> and my okay. mom kept looking at me like what is going on I was just chuckling away. <laughs> What's this joy? <laughs> yeah, it's like, Shut the fuck up. Hang on. <laughs> this is, uh, I don't know if it's like, I don't think it's set anywhere real. It's kind of like a imaginary time period and, okay. and place, I think. And it, it seems to be uh, like after, it's like in the midst of some sort of Cold War or something, okay. but everyone involved is not a real country. Okay. Um, and there's a spy, and he is one of the best spies. He's called Twilight. He's a master spy. Right. And he gets given a, a mission in which he needs to uh, infiltrate um, a elite boarding school okay. to get close to a political someone. So in order to do that, he has to find a wife and a child in, like, a week <laughs> and then get that child, like... Uh, um, what's the word? Enrolled in this yeah. elite school and stuff. He's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then off he goes and he goes to like an orphanage and picks the child and he's like, yeah, that'll do. I'll take that one. <laughs> and he's trying to find a, a wife 
because he needs to be married within a week and she has to be the mum of this child. Yeah. And, um, and unbeknownst to him, because uh, he's keeping the fact that he's a spy a secret. That's the other thing. He's got to somehow convince some woman to marry him. In a week. Yeah. And um, unbeknownst to him, the woman that he convinces is an assassin. And she's keeping that a secret. It's like Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, and then, I love it. And the little girl who he, uh, like, adopted, but not really, just went into an orphanage and took, basically, right. um, is a telepath. And she's keeping that a secret. <laughs> so she knows that dad is a spy and mum is an assassin. And she thinks it's all a fun game. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um so she, I don't know, because like the dad kind of knows she's a telepath because he's trying to teach her the stuff to get her past the entrance exams. Yeah, and she's like, I don't want to learn. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take it out of the other kids' minds. <laughs> the answers. <laughs> oh my god, our school would be so good if it was a telepath. And yeah, it was, it was so funny. It was only volume one, and I am already ready for volume two. Yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it. Is it like sort of middle gradey or? I would say. Probably YA because there's um, a lot of like death when he's on his missions, okay. and um, she's an assassin, so she kills people and kicks them in the face and stuff. It's okay. quite fun. <laughs> yeah, it is very well drawn. It was just it, I was I was laughing out loud so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's like maybe eight of them that are currently mm. out. I might be making that number up. Let me check. Yeah, I, I completely made that number up. There is 13 of them. If I haven't read all of these by the end of this year, I'll be shocked. Yeah. That was such a delight to read. Good <laughs> Strongly vibes. recommend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. I did kind of mention this in our 2023 like reading wrap-up because mm. I was excited. Um, so sorry if you're hearing this again. <laughs> it was brief. It was brief. <laughs> I re-listened to, well, I read them originally, but I re-listened this time mm. to the Hunger Games trilogy. Oh yeah, yeah. On Scribd, um, Everand. Yeah, technically Everand, but I refuse. Uh, yeah, I, so I refuse. It's to like that. If they, also if they go to get the subscription, it says Scribd. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, yeah. who do um, you think you are, Elon Musk? Natalie has a code so you can get two months free to trial script, by the way. Yeah, two months free trial. Worth a try. Because you get audiobooks and ebooks on there. Yeah. And it's not limited to, like, one credit. You can listen to multiple books that are are available. And they have a lot of new releases as well. Mm. And indie books. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, this is why I decided to re-listen, because a... TikToker I like, who mostly, I did mention this before, she did mostly like autism representation sort of stuff. Mm. But when the new Hunger Games film came out, she was like, okay, we've activated an old hyperfocus. I'm going to give you all my knowledge. And I was like, <laughs> I love yes. that. You like share, share. Peace. And she said about the Tatiana Mussolini narrator mm. yeah. of the of the books. So I listened to those ones. She does do mm. Katniss's voice, how I pictured it in my head. Oh, okay. To me, yeah, like she gets Katniss's tone right. Mm-hmm. So I made a little list, which I did do on my blog, which is like things that I noticed. Because I'm not going to summarise the Hunger Games series because if unless you've lived under a rock, you know what they're about. Yeah, you've probably read watched the, the books, books or yeah. seen the films yeah. or osmosis the storyline. Yeah, you know vaguely what it's about. So this is just the things I kind of mm. noticed on the realism. Katniss is a lot less likeable 
than how Jennifer Lawrence plays her or how they choose to play her in the films. Um, that doesn't shock me. Because Candice, Candice is not supposed to be likeable. No. But Jennifer Lawrence, as a person, is likeable. Mm. And obviously, they for marketing, they, they can't have a they female They can't have an unlikable female character. No, especially the time when they were released in the films, 2010s. Yeah. I mean, even now, yeah. like, females cannot be unlikable or you're fucked. But she's funnier. She's a really, really dry sense of humour, which is how... Because a lot of the time people are like, why is everyone... T-? Like, in the films, when people talk about it, they're like, why is everyone, like, following this girl? Oh, why is this girl with no charm leader of the rebellion? It doesn't make sense. Mm. But it's like, you can kind of see how she cultivates these relationships with this really dry sense of humour and this kind of loyalty she has for people. Yeah. Okay. And, like, her and Sinner's relationship isn't done very well in the films at all. No, no. And, like, because everyone's like, I don't know why she cared so much about her stylist. And I was like, they just don't That's show you. Question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they played the dynamic well, but they just don't show why the depth was there. They played the depth, but not why. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah. I can... And you can kind of see how every action she takes in these books is never for a rebellion. No. It's just to keep her sister alive. Yeah. Yeah. So every time she's like, I have to do this because my mum and my sister are watching. Yeah. Or like, I have to do this because otherwise they'll kill my mum and sister. Like, I have to get involved with the rebellion because otherwise they will kill my mum and sister. That's her thought the whole time. She's like, I have to now fix everything because they will kill my mum and sister or my sister will go through this. Like, And the fact that... I mean, spoilers, but if you don't know this, again, where have you been? The fact that Prim dies in the end. Oh, it just feels so much more tragic on the reread. Yeah. Because then you just realise she's put herself through hell mm-hmm. just to keep Prim alive. And to keep Prim from going through the same trauma she has. Yeah. And then in book three, she's starting to realise that Prim has been through different trauma, but still a, a lot of trauma, fucking trauma. Yeah. And it's just like... Oh. Yeah, and then it's she's hard starts... to show that in the films because yeah. it's ill internal. Yeah, and like obviously they don't they don't quite show when she goes into the same catatonic state her mum went into. Yeah. And all that Katniss feels about that because she blames her mum for everything she's gone through. Yeah, yeah. And then it happens to Katniss too. So yeah, that was one of the things I noticed. Peter is much, much funnier. Peter's really He's fucking funny. Kind of pointless in the film, yeah. Feel. He's very nothingy. <laughs> when he's laying there with his paint, oh no, it's so Have you stupid. seen that spoof someone did? Yeah. Where it's like, where are you? And then she turns around and it's, it's a giant cake in yeah. the middle of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I knew where you were going with yeah, that. Yeah, show, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, he's so much funnier. Mm. Like, the bit where she finds him, like, dying and she drags him to the cave and he looks like death. Yeah. He's like, how about a kiss now? Yeah. Like, he's like, and she's like squeezing the pus from his leg, and he's like, kiss. What's happening? You want? Like, not in those words. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, this is really hot, isn't it? <laughs> like, he's really oh. funny, and he's really good at helping Katniss come out of her own head. Mm. I don't think he gets enough credit in the films. Gail, being the violent, angry dickhead mm. who ends up designing the bomb that kills Prim, because a lot of people are like, that's still out of Gail's character. No, no, in no, the books no. he is angry. Yeah, from the very beginning he's he is just so an angry, angry. Person. and yeah. he's always just for like murder. Yeah, he's just like kill people. And when they like they don't do this in the films, but when they go, they crack District Two, mm. and Katniss goes there and actually is assigned there, which they make it seem like she sneaks out. I think 
I can't remember exactly the husband yeah, goes. Yeah. And Gail's like, hey, let's just bring down the whole mountain. And she's like, we're going to destroy an entire district. How does it make us better than the capital? Yeah. And he's like, exactly. This is how we're going to win. We've got to play like the capital. And Katniss is like... So Gail... And basically, he's like almost a dark mirror for Katniss of who she could have been. Yeah. Because they, they both lose their fathers in the same accident. They're about the same age. They have to hunt to keep their families alive. Mm-hmm. And he is literally meant to be Katniss's dark mirror of like what she could have been like. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've not read the books for a while, but I feel like he's not, like, villainised, though, because mm. it is it is a, a coping mechanism Which for him. She can see how it's, how she's like, I can understand how I could, I could think like that, yeah. but I have now seen too much death. And death is just bad. Yeah, death of she all just people doesn't is bad. want death, regardless. And she, she also doesn't that's... see the capital as not human, whereas Gail doesn't see them as people. Mm-hmm. And that's what comes really comes into play when it's like the assassination thing yeah. of President Snow, yeah. etc. Yeah, yeah the, and then all the parallels that I've now noticed between Katniss and Lucy Gray, having just watched the Ballad of Stormbreak and Sakes film. Oh, yeah, I did. They're I really clever. I didn't know who that was for a minute, yeah. Yeah, Lucy Gray is the main character in that film. And um, that's Snow's tribute that he ends up falling in love with. In the film, I, as I said, I've not read the books for a while. Yeah. I feel like Effie's so much more likeable in the film. Like, mm. she has a personality and stuff. And well, her and Haymitch are really funny in the film. No, her and Haymitch have the relationship they have, kind of like this reluctant kind of solidarity with each other she is a lot more like about she likes her schedule and she cares about manners yeah and Katniss is always having to kind of like remember that Effie needs nice manners and that it's not Effie's fault and that Effie's not the bad guy yeah Um, because she gets very impatient with Effie quite a lot and she has to remember like quite a lot to be like and she has to apologise to Effie all the time. I just funny. love, um, it's Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, she it? does. I think she's so funny. She plays the rest her. of that character quite well, but they do lose her, like, we need a schedule yeah. kind of thing. But, like, the thing, um, when they go into the Capitol in book two, get them film two, and the victory tour yeah, yeah. in the Capitol, and they're walking up to the event, and she's like, chins up, smiles yeah. on, I'm <laughs> talking to you, Katniss. Like, <laughs> that kind of stuff's quite accurate. Yeah, yeah. And they're a lot slat, the books are a lot sadder and bleaker. Mm-hmm. And my final thought was that I miss dystopian and fantasy books like this. Because it was fast paced, it's three books, and they move, 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 move. Yeah, we I are think, not like, drawing it out to make bigger and longer books. Like, this would be probably a five book series in today's world. Yeah. I think consumers got burnt out and then they just stopped. Mm. Stopped well, was, them entirely. Like by It was Hunger Games book. and then Divergent that killed it. Yeah. And then they just and now Divergent I feel like was the death of dystopian books. Now I feel like um, publishers don't want to take a risk on them now. Because mm. mm. yeah, there's like actual case studies on why Divergent killed the genre. But then you've got like legend stuff, which are kind of bringing mm. them back in a more they're coming back. Yeah, way I guess I don't know. They are making the comeback. Yeah, it's about time. But like the Maze Runner films, you forget they came out at the same time, and again they were dystopian. Oh, I got really confused when I looked mm. at your recently read or whatever, and I saw you'd read that, I read that those... Maze Runner novella. But he released that during the pandemic. Ah. But I looked at it and I was like, because the cover, I was like, mm, why is she doesn't reading match. crime books? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't match the covers, any of the cassette covers. Yeah. I think he he either did a small press print or it was self published. Ah, okay. It was literally like the fans wanted Newt's story. Maybe it was something he put on a blog and then decided mm. to just release. Yeah, basically, or he something. does a forward yeah. explaining basically yeah. that. Yeah. 
Um, and he always wants to tell Newt's story because there's a bit. I don't know who the characters yeah. are. Sorry, so if you've read them. <laughs> it's one of the one of the main characters has to separate from the main group. This is a spoiler-free way of describing this. He has to separate from the main group, and it's really fucking tragic and sad. And he goes off on his own, and we never find out what happens to him. Mm. And now we know. So that's why. And I've been meaning to read it. I bought it when it came out in 2020, and I still haven't read it. Oh. And I was like, I just want a short read, and it's 168 pages. And it filled the filled the void. Filled the void. Good. So there you go. Sorry, that was actually quite long for what was supposed to be a short review. <laughs> I just had a lot of thoughts. Lucky I've got less than you to talk about. <laughs> you go. <laughs> I listened to the audio of Starling House by Alex E. Harrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've this is wanting... one of the ones we talked about and we were really excited about yeah. it. And it was as good as, oh. as I had hoped. It's really gothic. It's what? It's like fantasy, but it's more like a dark fantasy. Right. Is it fantasy? It's one of those ones. I think it's just like speculative. Okay. Set in a, a small town in Kentucky called Eden. And it's uh, it's like a die-in town. You know one of those towns that you hear about in America where it's just kind of like... Industries left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's known as being a bit of a bad luck town. Yeah. And um, people either escape or they stay there and just have bad luck forever. Mm. And it's kind of... It's one of those towns as well that's like unofficially kind of run by two main families, if okay. you know what I mean. Like yeah, they, yeah. everything's entwined with these family names. And there's a house called the Starling House, and the people who live there are the Starlings. And there's just one person left there who's like the heir. He's called Arthur Starling, and he's quite, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Reclusive. Yeah. Like, no one knows anything about him, but everyone knows that Starling House has bad luck. It's just a bad luck house. Everyone yeah. says it's haunted, and they avoid it. And then we follow a young woman called Opal. She's had a run of bad luck. Her mum was a bit of a drifter. Her mum died in a car crash. Opal was in the car Mm. crash. So then I think Opal was like 16 or something when it happened. No, she was 12 when it happened, sorry. Yeah. She's got a younger brother. So as soon as she could, she took uh, of him. So she's raised him. Right. And they live like in a motel room, you know. It's just that, that... and she's spent all of her life trying to create a future for her brother. So she just drifts around doing odd jobs, trying to save up money. Her brother's really smart and she wants to pay for him to go to like a private school to get a good mm. education, a private college, and then like get out of the town. Yeah. So she spends all of her life just trying to make a better life for him. But she always has dreams about Starling House and she has had them since she was in that car accident with her mum and one day she's just like standing outside the gates peering in like this is such a crazy house it looks so cool (laughs) and then Arthur is like what are you doing basically yeah (laughs) and she's like uh I just really love your house Uh, can I take some photos of it I'm an architecture student or something she makes up yeah and he's like "Mm hmm no but you can have a job if you want so he hires her as a cleaner right of (laughs) course yeah and it just goes from there and there's so many like family secrets town secrets it's all connected to starling house it was really good it was really gothic it was really broody like the atmosphere i binged it in two days i could not stop listening it was brilliant yeah listen that quickly Yeah. yeah It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, 10 out of 10. Would recommend. I now want to read more by Alexi Harrow as well. I have seen that name on 
quite a few of those My Reckless that I look up. Yeah. Oh, this is a very much a found family book as well, just FYI. I don't know if it's on my if list. If you ever want to check out. I think other books by them are on family. A couple more from that author that I have on my I Want to Read list mm. is The Once and Future Witches. Mm. I don't know if you've heard about that one. Yeah, I've seen the cover. Um, the Six Deaths of the Same, which is one of those short Amazon original stories. Okay. And The Ten Thousand Doors of January, which is that cover. Yeah, I do recognise all these covers. So those three have been on my peripheral of things I want to read. So I will probably be checking them out. Oh, and I did actually do one one of their short stories when I was doing an audio book a day. That failed. Um, Patience (laughs) and Not Forsaken, 47 minutes long. It's a Audible exclusive, so it's in their Plus library. Oh, okay. And that was quite good. So, yeah, I think that Alexi Harrow just does really good gothic-y, atmospheric books, judging by this. Would recommend. Patience and what? Um, Patience (laughs) and Forsaken. And Not Forsaken. Patience and Not Forsaken. I don't know. Just spelt Patience hideously wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I got it. Yep. Right, just going to pop that in a wish list. Don't mind me. Yeah, that's more of like a middle grade. Mm. I'll just, I'm always looking for young adult included libraries, things for work. Yeah, I do enjoy just going through them when I'm struggling to find something. Not mm. like I have a huge library of ones I've bought with credits that I haven't <laughs> listened to or anything, but there we go. Oh, you're such a nightmare. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right, so my next one that I'm going to talk about, I read. Iron Flame, the second book in the Empyrean series by Rebecca Yaros. Uh, cut to you to just talk about disclaimer for the, um, the author. Yeah, just if you do your own research, uh, Rebecca Yaros has made some questionable comments about the uh, Palestinian conflict. So it's up to you. We're just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'm going to. I read the book before a lot of this, or around when, I don't know. Do your own research, make your own decisions about whether you want yeah, to engage with this author. To I'm just going to let you know that I have read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I decided not to read it just yet because of this. And also, it looks big. And I oh, thought fourth week was gigantic. too big as it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, how do I summarise this? Did it need a big edit is all I'm going to ask. I agree with the criticism that this could have been cut down a fair chunk. Because mm. there is a lot of the minutiae of... Dragon School, which could be cut down. It does help. It's really nice to have all these cute scenes with the characters. And you obviously get really invested in the characters. You're seeing a lot of their lives. But I do enjoy Day in the Lives. Like, yeah. Life. I do like it when books have those little scenes of their domestic everyday mm-hmm. life. I mean, it's not so domestic because they're in the Dragon School they're trying to kill them. But it's. I think it is too in-depth because we have so much plot happening. And so we have like a big chunk of plot dragon school big chunk of plot dragon school and that happens on a cycle so we like we make loads of progress with what's happening mm. and then it all just grinds to a halt and we're in dragon school land so the pacing's a bit off yeah so that is the only criticism for this that i will say i understand would it have been better if like the the dragon school slice of life was like a novella that went alongside it yeah potentially something? could have been cut down yeah but I, I also don't think it completely takes away from it because obviously then you get to spend a lot of time with the characters and see a lot of their jokey lives. 
So I'm like, it depends on if big books aren't your thing, maybe something worth thinking about. Uh, <laughs> big box books with lots of patience. Because <laughs> there's a big bit where a big bit of plot happens and like world changing plot. And then they reset up the dragon school somewhere else. Yeah. And when we go back to dragon school mode and I'm like, this whole bit didn't need to happen. Yeah. Because we were, the big thing happened and this is just stalling for time so we can prove that you've taken the time to like do the next steps to help bring the next plot. But it's like a lot of dragon school, oh she does a step, dragon school, we're researching. Um, Could this be because of how many books the series is now going to be? They're just trying to fluff it out I don't know they could get this many books without doing that but anyway yeah in terms of what happens in it how can I do this spoiler free (laughs) um the big climax at the end of book one something big goes down Violet is betrayed and she finds out something that she's been told is a complete lie Mm -hmm. and we're basically at the beginning just dealing with the consequences of that and the, they all have to make a choice because at the end of that, they are not in the college. They've gone out to do war games and shit has gone down. And they have to make a choice of if they fly back, they have to tell a convincing lie to not get in trouble. Mm. Or do they just stay? But if they stay where they are, that could mean the rest of the ones with the relic marks, which means they're like children of the rebellion. That could mean the rest of them will get punished instead. Because Zayden took responsibility for them. Yeah, yeah. So and Zayden's away with her. So if he never came back, they within the bargain that he's made, they were the win their rights to just kill all the children then. So they decide to come back. Mm. And then we go back to Dragon School and then it's like also her second year of freaking Dragon School where they're trying to kill them all the time. Yeah. Something's happened to Andana, Andana's changing. And I can't tell you more about that because it's huge spoilers. But she's changing. And that means she can't come to Dragon School lessons anymore. Okay. And Violet can't tell the people in charge why. Why, yeah. The general of the college... I mean, she didn't go to many lessons anyway, did she? Uh, no, she did go to all of them, because like, they have to. I thought she just not allowed to cut classes, yeah. Oh. Dragons aren't allowed to cut classes. Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The humans say you have to go to class. Yes, yeah, so they've got to <laughs> you deal... You can't have detention. <laughs> To deal with, like, what they think is going to be rebel activity, they bring in this new general, and Dane's dad is out because he makes an error, and they're like, get out. Um, Basically, Violet manages to prove that he sets them up to get killed Mm -hmm. without also then showing what's actually going on. Yeah, yeah. And the new general is Torture McTorchery of Land McTorture. And he has a horrible dragon, which Tarn has had a fight with before, Violet's dragon, and he's ripped out his eye before. So both the dragon and the human have beef with Violet. And all the people that were with her at this training exercise slowly start to die. And Violet's like, okay, shit's going down. Zayden the whole time is like, I can't tell you everything, you'll just have to trust me. And she's like, no. And then, so then this whole thing of like the secrets and she has to ask the right questions that gets drawn out through the whole book and it's so it's like miscommunication trope in the way that i don't generally favor and that, but later we get some nice spicy scenes so so i did enjoy it the ending is really shocking again i enjoyed the read i think if you like the world and like the books it's worth the effort but just beware it is 
a long book. Mm. Yeah, I think the the world is really clever. I like a lot of people have beef with the ending. I think they're just upset because the ending is b- bad news bears. I don't have beef with the ending. I think it makes perfect sense. There we go. Peace out. <laughs> Speaking of endings, right? I read until the end by Demi Glandy, which is the last one in the main Skullduggery Pleasant series. And that I have been waiting for you to read since May last. No, you were pregnant. Yeah. It so it's was... not May last year, it's May no, the year before. May the year before, yeah. I keep, I've forgotten that's how long I've been waiting for you to read it because mm. we went to the signing the book release signing to see the author um, and we actually have posted on the TikTok our last time we saw him we got him to do a little intro to the podcast yeah, um, so you can go see that TikTok. on our TikTok Derek Landy stands up when you meet him in person to how he seems online how he comes across in his books she's like always say don't meet your heroes but he fucking stands up to what yeah, you expect yeah, him to be he's like so he's fun, lovely but yeah, I had we went to this book sign in. You were what four months pregnant at that point. We were in yeah. that hot queue in the sun. We queued for like two, two three, three hours. hours. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a lot. Um, one. but yeah, and then I was basically not many people had read the book yet because I used a day off to read it because it literally came out like four days before. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, and I used the bank holiday to like literally read the book from start mm. to finish. I literally rotted in my bed for a day. Yeah. So he was the author was very excited as well that I had read it. And then I've been just been there like read it. For a year and a half. <laughs> so what did you think? <laughs> At the time I was on like book eight. Mm. Yeah, I loved it. It was a brilliant ending. It was a great like wrap up of the characters. Derek Landy just knows his characters so well. Mm. He does these fantastic, like, overarching things. So there's some stuff in this book that have been sprinkled in for, like, the last... Six books? Yeah. Yeah. He's just he's just a master at storytelling. He really is. Mm. He somehow manages to, like, have humour throughout all these... Tragic events. Literally, like, world-ending events. And, um, yeah, and he somehow... I don't know, he somehow just made it feel very complete, didn't mm. he? In February, we will be doing a complete spoiler-filled feral episode on I don't have Skull Dug Very Pleasant. To yeah. do this. <laughs> this has been in our calendar for like two years, yeah. and we had to keep just moving it because of me. <laughs> and so we're finally going to do that. So I'll be in February, and we will do more discussion then. But yeah. all I can say is. It's a 15-book series, if you don't include, like, the side novellas mm-hmm. and whatever. It is well worth the time you put into it. It so is. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that about many long series, but... Because each... So he has, like... There's overarching plots that run for a series of books, but they're also split into trilogies. Mm-hmm. So there's, like... the And there's also big bads per book, but there's an overarching big bad for, like, three books worth. But sometimes there are seeds of plots that are six books long yeah they don't pick up for ages and then you're Mm. like oh yeah i remember that from like four books ago yeah and so i think the fact because it's split into trilogies and stuff makes it it doesn't feel dragged out Mm. and there's always like there's also individual baddies per book but you're not overwhelmed with too many plots it's just really like subtly sprinkled in 
it it makes me think about how I imagine like I don't know like supernatural is mm. or like vampire diaries where each week they have something yeah but then they have the like week, an overarching yeah. yeah yeah um yeah and I think it just hit I just think like all the characters just had a satisfactory wrapping up as yeah. well and well it's not yeah. the final book anymore there's more coming but yeah well, at the time when it came out we thought it was the final it's book. the final book of that series though. yeah the, the next lot is like a separate split different series isn't it oh okay because it, it says at the end of the book school doggery continues oh. dot 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 do you remember i sent that to you with capitals yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i don't um i don't know I didn't think it was like sixteen. What did he put I something on his Instagram? One, like number one of a new series. I can't he put remember. Put something on his Instagram. Um, but yeah, there is multiple points in this book where you're like, there is no way back from this. Like, I was like, he's it's the final book because we thought so. It was at the time. I was like, he's gonna kill all the characters because um, he is not afraid to do that. He has done it. <laughs> yeah. So since then, he's had a the start of what's going to be a graphic novel series come out so that was called Mm -hmm. bad magic he had oh yeah so this will be phase phase four yeah phase yeah a mindful Mindful murder murder. comes Uh, out on march 28th new trilogy yeah so yeah Mm. there we go i didn't think it was um carried i thought it was a separate entity no because ah, we did wonder if he was going to carry on with like omen and all them didn't we and make mm. a separate series yeah yeah so as with the rest of the books i've discussed today 10 out of 10 mm. would recommend you've been you've done all right and to be fair the next book i'm going to talk about is also 10 out of 10 would recommend the so, end <laughs> slash start of this year you've done okay Perfect. we're starting on a high one of the booktubers i follow says the first book that you read in the year mm. sets the tone for the year and for her, since she's been on BookTube, mm. it's it's been true. So, oh, the first one I read was Crank Palace, and it was really fucking sad. Yeah, but like, <laughs> what you would rate it? So if it's like, oh, yeah. okay. So, um, if that's true for me as well, I am gonna have a brilliant reading year. Mm. Okay, so speaking of good start to twenty twenty four, and the good books and the good vibes we've got going on. The lovely people at Magic Mind have sent us a drink to try. Yeah. It's this like productivity shot thing. Um, it's a magical potion that will cure all of our problems, basically. I love it already. So it's like <laughs> it's a energy drink that's not an energy drink because it's not. It's like got little to no caffeine in it. It's all natural caffeine from the matcha. So we won't be as zippy zippy and annoying on this podcast because sometimes <laughs> when we've got too much energy the interruptiness is just wild <laughs> yeah there's a lot of tangent so this is this is what we need it's going to cure all of our problems so it's got like matcha like i said and then we've got ashwagandha which is amazing to say and we've got turmeric and we've got mushrooms so you can live cottage core witchy life mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of other things in here that are vitamin c and for concentrating and for focusing and we need all of it yes so i'm very excited <laughs> to have these drinks i feel like they're going to cure all of our problems and we're going to be hashtag professionals on this podcast from now on and everything's going to be great and they were kind enough to give us a code to share with you guys to help you be more 
productive throughout 2024. So you get one month for free when you subscribe to a free month plan. Just go to www.magicminds.com forward slash Jan Lazy Book Lovers. That's J-A-N Lazy Book Lovers. And use the code Lazy Book Lovers 20. And that'll give you an extra 20% off, which gets you 75% off in total, but only throughout January. So run. Go do it now. <laughs> we'll also put the link in the description. So give that a click and start your productive best life. <laughs> the next one I'm going to talk about, yeah. uh, which I already excitedly babbled about earlier <laughs> in our reading wrap-up, briefly. Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Uh, yeah. uh, it's the first book in the Brown Sisters series by Talia Hibbert. This, the main character in this, she is plus size. She is black. She is fibromyalgia, so we're like, but it's just so kind of, yeah, her plus sizeness doesn't really come into it, mm. to be honest. It's just like part of the character. It's not even like, it's not a plot line. No. But a lot of her fibromyalgia and her chronic pain is part of the story because she has lost a previous fiance because of her illness. Mm. So she developed it after getting um, pneumonia. She developed fibromyalgia because it's like a weird autoimmune kind of reaction basically I so, don't quote me on that I really don't know the science it's just kind of mentioned briefly in the book did her ex just not not want to do didn't believe because or... you can't even like you can't show fibromyalgia on tests but kind of opens like after she's been she's been ill already the, the book opens like when she's had years after she's had a diagnosis it's her life and she's out for a walk because her physio says she has to go for a walk every day. And she gets nearly hit by a car. And she's like, if I had died, what would my, my obituary say? Mm. She stayed inside and was warm and cosy. <laughs> and that sounds like a good obituary. <laughs> and like, because of her illness, she did lose all her friends because it made it really hard to make plans with them. Yeah. So she makes a get a life list. Uh, and it's enjoy a drunken night out, ride a motorcycle, go camping, have meaningless but thoroughly enjoyable sex, travel the world with nothing but hand luggage, and do something bad. Mm. And her first step to getting a bit more independence, because her family are wealthy, they have a big house, she's like, I'm going to move out of the family house. So the first thing she does is get a flat on her own. Uh, Whereas there has a superintendent who is very hot, but seems to fucking hate her, just on principle. Mm. And he's really nice to everyone else, and she can't work it out. But he's like, obviously, six foot something, he's a Nordic god, god with red hair, which is quite unusual to have a... Yeah, I love interesting red hair. Is this the one? Because I've read the synopsis of mm. all of them many a time. Is he the one that's like the secret painter? Yeah. Mm. Um. So something he just got out of a really bad relationship. He was a well-known, like becoming quite a well-known artist before that. But because of how that relationship ended, he like lost all kind of, I guess, confidence would be the right word in yeah. his paintings. So he's like secretly painting in his evenings and being a superintendent in the day, and he and Chloe end up accidentally kind of like meeting mm -hmm. when she goes up a tree to retrieve a cat and then can't get down because she's chronic pain um, and he's like do you need help and she's like no I'm fine and he's like you're not fine but deep down I do need help yeah <laughs> and like, through that he kind of gets to know her and then he finds out she makes websites for a living because that's how she works from home that's how she's worked out to like manage her um, condition mm. and he's like hey can you help me with a website and she's like okay but quid pro quo, you're going to help me with my get a life list and I'm going to help you with your website for free. And this is the contract. Has he got a motorcycle? Of course he's 
Oh, which is one of the reasons she's like, like you know what yeah, I will do this help for free with this motorcycle but thing. then but she makes a version of this that, so he doesn't see about the meaningless sex yeah, and they yeah. do something bad because yeah. her do something bad is watching paint through the wi- a little gap in the windows because he paints <laughs> topless and she's like such a goody goody that she's like feels really really guilty about the fact she's been watching him paint naked perfect <laughs> And he catches her one time, so the whole time he's known she's done this. Oh. And every time she goes to confess because she feels bad, as they get more and more friends, mm. he, like, stops her from confessing. Because he's like, I don't know. We don't need to go there. Like, <laughs> don't ruin it. I know, and let's not. Yeah. Let's not. But oh, this, their relationship's great. Chloe's sense of humour is really dry, mm. and she's kind of mean, but in a funny way, and I can. Some my past life was kind of like that to men, because um, <laughs> if they just couldn't handle sarcasm, I'd just be like, "All right, we can't even. There's no point. If I can't be lightly mean to you with sarcasm, <laughs> I can't I'm gonna bully struggle. the fuck out of you. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, the person I'm dating now just kind of like face palms me and makes yeah. me like he's like, "Shut up, shut up." Yeah, moving on. <laughs> and like the chronic pain thing again. I don't have any diagnose chronic pain conditions but I did a real back fuck up a few years ago which resulted well I was actually in a car crash and that healed but then through so sport I was playing or something I don't really know how it happened but it became a trapped nerve in my back which led to like numbness down my left leg and this feeling like I was being electrocuted down my left side and it's also when I was working quite a horrible job so those all things all together were quite horrible and then went into the pandemic obviously no gyms were open and having been fit my whole life I had to go from being extremely fit to having a body I didn't know how to live in well that couldn't do stairs whereas mm. this body could sprint for an hour before all this happened I then couldn't go upstairs yeah so that was really difficult so reading her story that I don't have a chronic pain condition but I was like oh like all the things where she's like trying to hide it because she feels embarrassed and like all like people not being patient with her when she's in pain because I did find that because I don't think I ever expressed fully how much pain I was in at the time to friends so I did find no offense guys if you listen you don't listen there wasn't a lot of patience for me until I had to really explain what I was going through when I was just saying, like, I can't do that. And they're like, it'd be fine. And then I'm being dragged up hills and I'm 20. I was going to say, you went, like, hiking or something. Yeah, and I'm and miles stuff. behind everyone and no one's slowing down for me and everyone's getting really frustrated with me and I'm getting really embarrassed and I'm upset. Mm. And, like, I did, uh, yeah. So, and she went from being, like, she actually played netball. So before she got ill, she was a netballer. Yeah. She was really active. And then, so it was, like... <laughs> It hit a lot of points for me as a person. And then where he just, like, helps her without her having to ask and without any kind of shame attached to it. Yeah. And it's just like, well... So it was, it was a really lovely book. They're really funny as well. Like, there's some bits where I'm, like, laughing out loud in this book. But it also made me really... It had lots of feelings. It's a really, really good okay. book. And I bought the rest right, of the please. series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's loads of times where Red is, like... Where she sees herself as weak, which is something I struggle with, Mm. is when I was physically weaker, I'm like, I'm so weak. And then in Red's mind, he's seeing everything she accomplishes despite being so poorly. Mm. And he's like, she's fucking amazing. Is it dual POV? Yeah. So when Red's seeing her, like, struggle and being obviously 
like having a high symptom day, but she's just powering on regardless. He's like, this girl Impressed. blows my mind. Yeah. And like, he's always trying to make her see that. And she's just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's really, oh, I loved Sounds it. Good. Yeah. Can recommend. Yeah. Oh, we've got some good books yeah. going on. Okay. So my last one that I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. is um, another manga. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> this is volume one of Alice in Borderland. Okay. And this is also a Netflix show. Yeah, Netflix. No, I thought that sounded familiar. Um, so I wanted to watch a show, but I was like, I'm going to read the manga first. Yeah, I mean, 10 out of 10. What can I say? <laughs> uh, so for those of you who don't know, because I didn't know anything about it going in. Mm. Um, so it follows three, one, th- yeah, three boys who well men sorry well they're they're about to leave high school so guys guys that's a generic term. yeah three guys so the main character alice is called alice he is really struggling in terms of he's not meeting like his parents expectations mm-hmm. uh, education wise he's got a younger brother who is excellent and everything and has already been accepted into like the college of his choice and all this yeah and uh, alice is just seen as a bit of a, a loser and he doesn't have a girlfriend that's pretty much all high schoolers care about yeah. i think and he keeps talking about how he wishes the world would just end. He thinks he would fare really well, like in a, a zombie apocalypse or something. Like, he just keeps dreaming about this. <laughs> He's got his best friend who is called Cho- Choti. Hang on, let me double check that. He's called Chota. And obviously, butchering these names, probs. Um, <laughs> and he is just a bit of a, a loser, but like, he doesn't care. Yeah. All he cares about is trying to, like, at the beginning of the book, he's um, making a puddle with a hose so he can look up girls' skirts in the reflection. Like, it's just that vibe. Mm. And then they have a friend called Karubi who dropped out of, like, middle school and he now works as a bartender. So they always go yeah. to the bar that he's at. And um, Karubi's very physically dominating like not in a negative way but you know if anyone picks on them he can can end it pretty quickly one night they're all at the bar and they're all talking about how uh, they just wish the world would end and they could start afresh in an apocalypse or something like that like they just want a world with no family no school yeah like teenage boy stuff who hasn't had one of those conversations (laughs) I mean I have it regularly pretty much every day um (laughs) And then they see these fireworks randomly in the distance and they're like, oh, that's strange. And then they kind of get knocked out or something and then they wake up and they're somewhere new and they bump into this uh, lady who is like, oh, great, I'm in a game with some newbies and they're all like, what are you talking about? And it turns out they're like in this weird parallel world where they have to do these games to survive and uh, if they don't, if they like mm. fail the game, they die, and oh, okay, yeah, it's and they're like death matches. And then if they complete the game, they get given a visa for however hard the game was. So the first one is a free of spades, I think, or free of clubs. It's all based on like deck of cards. Uh, and so when they make it through, they get three days as a visa, so they can stay in the game for three more days. Once the visa expires, they die. So they have to do another game 
to add more onto their visa. Okay. Um, so they can't escape? Not that we know of yet. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, every night they can enter a, a new game. They just walk around this town and can just enter any game. There's loads of people there. Okay. And basically it turns out if you saw these fireworks, you ended up in this game. It's called Borderland. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. Roundabout way of describing it. I'm not sure. But, yeah, uh, so there's eight volumes of that come out. I will be reading all of them, and I'm going to start the show soon. Mm. Now I've got a rough idea of what it's about. Oh, look at you actually reading a show, or watching a show. I know. I said to my partner about it, because he's watched it, and I was like, this is what happened in Volume 1, and he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, really cool. Interesting. I, I, although I was in the mood to watch Bojack Horseman again, and I was like, oh, is this my depression new <laughs> 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 maybe that can be one of your symptoms because <laughs> i remember was it last i think it's yeah. like last christmas i watched it and oh my god it put me in a, a mental yeah. slump <laughs> maybe that needs to be one of your warning signs <laughs> if i'm like i'm really in the mood to watch depression station <laughs> <laughs> yeah when all the books start to get a bit deep <laughs> yeah <laughs> and everything you're watching is a bit much i'm like oh I think, my theory is, this is your equivalent of listening to a sad song when you're sad. Mm. I think this is your equivalent. Probably, yeah. That's what I think in my head. Whenever you do this, I'm like, oh. But yeah, I'm wondering if the, like, the show maybe might give me Squid Game vibes. Yeah, time. I was so thinking yeah. that too. Which I also want to rewatch. I've never watched it. Mm, I know. I only watched it like last summer. I was like mm. really behind because I like to be behind. The well, vibe. they um, made an actual game show of it. Didn't yeah, they? which if you've watched the show, it's ridiculous that they made a game show about it. Yeah, and also lots of the contestants have said they're a bit psychologically fucked up from the game show. <laughs> yeah, I was seeing on TikTok loads of people mm. talking about it, and they were like complaining about how like they had to use. They had to use the lube from the condoms mm. as um, yeah, lip balm. Lip balm, yeah. And everyone was like, why is lip balm that important? It's like, because they were, for like a solid week, they were in aircon. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like the the red light, green light thing. Took like nine hours yeah, to record the, or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, you've seen the same thing as yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. And the whole, I mean, it's, it's, I would say it's on par with Hunger Games marketing yeah. being like, Subway sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just you've really misunderstood the point of it. Yeah. It's only it's, like... It's, it's very dystopian. <laughs> it's only like eight episodes, so I would recommend We are living in a dystopian but Oh, 100%. Mm. Yeah, can't wait to see the history books about this. Look. <laughs> always things are like the final series of the UK is getting really rocky. <laughs> yeah, the writers are really throwing everything at the wall in a minute, aren't they? <laughs> see what sticks. <sighs> anyway should we kill the poor this week <laughs> kill the disabled <laughs> how about them immigrants <laughs> what are we doing this week guys oh my god are we going to address any of the things we've done to this country no <laughs> no not at all anyway on a different note uh so my last one which is actually my one of my first books for this year you got distracted by a child Oh, look at them. Little nap cheek. (laughs) (laughs) Tangent. My little toddler. Oh my god, yeah. No more babies. I've got no more babies. (laughs) Oh my god, I forgot she's going into toddler era. Oh yeah, menacing era. (laughs) 
climbing. <laughs> Yesterday, she tried to run for the first time and ran into my chair because she didn't realise she had to, like, stop or whatever. <laughs> Bless her. She was holding the tablet and she was like, ah, ah, so running and just... The she said, my legs can go fast. Yeah. And obviously, she didn't realise she has to start stopping before she wants to stop. Oh, bless yeah, her. I know. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> anyway, sorry. If you're, if you're OGs from the podcast, <laughs> this is the baby that you were pregnant with on the podcast, and the baby was on the podcast in the early days. <laughs> and now she can't be here because she's too much of a menace when we're recording. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> okay, anyway, final book we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I read, listened to, correct myself. Six Scorched Roses, Crowns of Nyaxia novella by Chrissa Broadbent. So it's kind of set in, around the events of the start of book two, but it's a separate people. So I think I can talk about this without spoiling anything for you. What's so, book two called? Is it like the Ashes and the Star-Crossed something or whatever? Yeah, Star-Crossed King, Star-Crossed King, something like that. Have you listened to them really yet? long? Yeah. No, not yet. <laughs> Um, really long names. This is a character you're going to meet in book two, but I don't think we've met him in book one. He's called mm-hmm. Vale. Maybe I will spend my credit on that this month. Mm. <laughs> it's only a little four-hour audio, which is why I picked it. So it's a story of a character called Vale who uh, ends up helping uh, Rain mm-hmm. in book two with the events that kick off in book two. Uh, and he was someone in Rain's past life when Rain, you know, Rain was turned and he's a slave Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's like before, way before the events of book one. Mm -hmm. He's a man from that past life and he was a general in that king who did that to Rain's army. Okay. So he never did bad things to Rain, but he also never stopped it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's of that snobby opinion that the turned ones aren't as good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And looks at humans are food. Yeah. So it follows... Lilith, who you are going to meet in book two, okay, and how they got together basically, because mm. it's quite surprising when Rain meets him and he has a turned wife at his side. Oh yeah, considering uh, that he thinks that they're yeah, like yeah, yeah, Rain, and it was what also helps convince Rain to trust him. So it's just about how Vale got there, oh, okay. and his wifey to be is sick; she's dying. Uh, and then her town is also dying. So they used to pray to the god Vitaris, just like plentiful and bountifulness and like for farming and stuff. He was great. But sees two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. of he also is decay. And one day decides to curse the town. Because her father, when all their crops are dying, curses the god. And the god's like, fuck you, I'm going to punish you for that. And curses As the town do. to have this like wasting sickness. Isn't it so interesting to, like, have all these gods in mm. vampire? Yes, in this book. world, the gods are very much real beings that come down all the time. Yeah. Whenever you piss them off. Because mm. we, we meet, like, the... Uh, we meet Nyaxia, who's the god in for the vampires as well. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, they piss off a god. He curses them to his illness. But she was, like, sick before that. And she's like, so she's always been dying, but mm. slowly... And then everyone else starts dying real fucking quick. And, like, she loses all of her family to it except her sister, but her sister's got it. And she, like, studies science, so she decides to fix it with science rather than the gods. Mm. 
because mm. no gods are listening. Yeah. And she has this theory that Vale's blood is the key. Okay. So she goes to Vale and is basically like, hey, uh, in exchange for your blood, I will give you this special rose. And he's like, what's special about the rose? And she's like, you shall see. I think see. you're scamming me. <laughs> she's like, you shall see. And <laughs> since the events where Rain has known him, Vale took himself off to this house in the mountains, has seen no one, lives his own little secluded life. Yeah. And he's done that because of like all the shit that went down. And he gave everything up to make this kingdom what it is. And then, what's the face? His father, the king. Who's the king in the book one? Yep. What's his face? Yep. <laughs> the shit he does. Is he called Victor? No. no Victor, yeah, you are right. Is it Victor? Yeah. 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 That does sound right. Yeah, so what Victor does to get the crown fucks all of Vale's plans that he's given up everything for. So he's like, fuck this. I'm going to go live secluded on the mountains for 200 years. And then this girl shows up and she's like not afraid of him and she's like, I want your blood. Here's a, here's a rose. And he's like, okay. And, <laughs> and he's, she's not like any other human he's met before. And then of course, slowly over time, they get to know each other. He rescues her from bandits on the mountain when she's coming to see him and all good spicy stuff. Yeah. So it's good. That sounds good. It's a nice little addition to the story. Mm. Gets, helps you get to know Vale better, which makes me think he's going to feature more in the books mm. later. Maybe he might have a, a set after him. Maybe. Mm, interesting. But it was it was nice, and it was a, it's set in the world as well. And it's, yeah, yeah, good. Nice little four hour. Bam. Yeah. Bam. So weird. And that's technically my first book of 2024. Oh, lovely. There you go. Well. I'm the only one I've finished. <laughs> I've got loads of currentlies. Yeah, do you want to come? <laughs> um, yeah, so that is what we've been reading end of last year, beginning of this year. As we said, if you want to be more up to date, follow us on Storygraph or please join our Facebook group where we're mm -hmm. going to chat a bit more. There's some uh, exciting things coming mm -hmm. in February. Yes. And this um, comes out in January. Maths. Yeah. So um, <laughs> there will be another way to chat to us coming soon. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sure you can guess. <laughs> but, We're yes. doing things. We're being serious. 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 <laughs> 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 that, was that, that was not that. That was that was not um not rehearsed no not at all that was brilliant nothing on this podcast is rehearsed <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us this week please let us know what you've been reading over in the facebook group if you enjoyed this episode please consider rating our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast if you haven't already rate us five stars leave us a little message share with a friend anything like that we would love Please join us on Instagram or TikTok, which we are now posting on. Frequency, like, not guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we will see you next week with another fun episode. We're going to have some indie books, mm -hmm. upcoming indie books. Oh, and follow us on Instagram because we are actually sharing our schedule now. So you can see what upcoming episodes. You can episodes. see in advance what's happening because yeah. we've planned it in advance like some sort of non-lazy book lovers <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so All thank right. you for joining us see you next week bye, bye, -bye.